The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Glory to you, Lord Christ. In those days, Mary set out and went with haste to a Judean town in the hill country, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why has this happened to me, that the mother of my Lord comes to me? For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leapt for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Oh, almighty God. Kindle in every heart the true love of peace through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. During this past week, I have been repeatedly watching a video online taken at my childhood summer camp about six months ago. In the 1950s, a farm in northwest Rhode Island was donated to the Episcopal Diocese, and it was turned into a summer camp. My dad grew up there, and so did I. The farm buildings were maintained throughout the years and repurposed to serve the needs of a church camp. Therefore, the largest building, the barn, became a gathering hall and a church. It still looks like a barn, but it is one of the holiest sacred spaces I know. The video that I have been addicted to this week was taken in that barn. At one end, where old donated bowling alley benches line three walls in a horseshoe. About 60 members of the camp community are standing on and in front of the bowling alley benches. And a young woman is standing on a metal folding chair facing them. This is a camp-style concert hall. The first time I watched the video, I smiled at the makeshift setup, the singers in shorts and t-shirts, the four young instrumentalists playing a clarinet, a guitar, a keyboard, and a violin standing in the front row, and the poised conductor who I met 20 years ago when she was 12 years old. I smiled at the familiar campiness of it and at the less-than-refined music. 
And then it caught me. And I wept. The music, the words, the beauty of lifelong connections being fostered in a camp barn through singing together. I was caught by the words painted on the wall above the singers' heads, words that have been there since long before I ever sang in that barn. O Almighty God, kindle in every heart the true love of peace through Christ our Lord. I was most caught by the song that the campers and camp staff were singing. It was called Requiem, and it was written in honor of those lost in the tsunami in Indonesia. The melody is haunting and beautiful. Some of the words are, Mother Mary, full of grace, awaken. Our world has been shaken. In the dark night of the soul, our broken hearts you can make whole. O oh, Mother Mary, come and carry us in your embrace. Let us see your gentle face. Mother Mary is a figure who mystifies and comforts us. Today we read some of her story in the Gospel of Luke. She has already discovered that she is pregnant via the Holy Spirit. And the angel Gabriel has told her that her cousin Elizabeth is pregnant as well. Even though Elizabeth is much older than Mary and has been barren all her life. So Mary goes to see Elizabeth. And when she enters the house, the child in Elizabeth's womb, who happens to be John the Baptist, leaps. Elizabeth knows by her unborn son's acrobatics and by the mischievous Holy Spirit, who I would argue often accompanies such prenatal movement, that Mary is pregnant and that it is her Lord that grows in Mary's womb. Her proclamation of this mystery inspires Mary to sing a song of praise to God who has blessed her. This song, the Magnificat, has been heard in churches and concert halls since it was first written down. We said Mary's song together in place of the psalm today, and I read it again as part of the gospel. These words are spellbinding. If you're really paying attention. And I have to admit, I had to read them a few times afresh this week before I found myself in awe of them. Which is why I chose to repeat them while reading the gospel, even though that was an optional part. In her song, Mary has enough faith in what God is up to that she is amazed and grateful rather than being confused and put out. I personally would have been a bit put out, which is perhaps why the angel Gabriel has never visited me. In a small house in Judea 2,000 years ago, and in a repurposed barn six months ago, songs of the heart were shared, events that may have gone unnoticed. Common scenes of campers singing songs and of pregnant women connecting with one another over the movement in one of their wombs. These two stories were not like others. 
even if they appeared to be. You see, in both situations, the people present knew that something bigger than them was afoot. The camp community had to have felt the movement of the Holy Spirit in that hauntingly beautiful music that they were creating, not as professional musicians, but as a community of faith singing together of pain and longing of Mother Mary. Elizabeth and Mary also felt the movement of the Holy Spirit, not as priests, rabbis, or theologians, but as mothers, sharing a moment of knowing, of blessing, of miracles. But they did not know the whole story. Mary and Elizabeth knew on some level that the Messiah was making his way into the world through Mary's open heart and pregnant womb. They knew that Elizabeth's child was excited about it. They knew that they were blessed. I think Mary had to sing to make sense of it. Or perhaps the writer of Luke needed to include a song to help us make sense of it. But at this point in the story, the women who held the truth of God within them could not have guessed at the events to follow. They did not know that they would each lose their sons too early, martyrs to the ministries they were born to carry out. They could not have known of the resurrection, or of Christianity, or of concert halls full of Mary's words of praise in a multitude of Magnificats throughout the ages. The camp community this summer knew they were singing an important piece of music, a moving remembrance. They knew it was written for the victims of the tsunami. They could not have known that half a year later, they and friends of the camp community would be listening to this requiem repeatedly to find solace in the aftermath of another overwhelming tragedy. It seems to me that faith is about only seeing part of the story, not knowing where it will go next, only that God will be with us throughout, and letting that be enough to keep us involved in whatever God is up to here and now. If Mary and Elizabeth knew what was to come, I wonder if they could have sung of their blessings. If the camp community knew what we would be crying about this week, I wonder if they would have been able to sing. We don't know what is to come. This life is so often a surprising mystery to us. Some among us may even be surprised that we are still here together two days after the Mayan calendar ended. And yet, here we are singing with a young, unwed, pregnant woman from Nazareth, awaiting the birth of a God that comes as a helpless infant, celebrating the faithfulness of a God who will go to irrational extremes to bring love to humankind. My favorite Advent quote is one by Madeline Engel. You may may have heard it as well. It goes, 
This is the irrational season, when love blooms bright and wild. Had Mary been filled with reason, there'd have been no room for the child. Through barns and wombs and music, the irrational Holy Spirit moves. And if we listen quietly or sing soulfully, or wait patiently, or believe irrationally, I wonder where we will discover God's story unfolding in our lives during these last couple of days of Advent. I trust that we will never likely see the whole story and all that God is doing in and through us. And I trust that God is doing it anyway. In response to the mysterious movement of God in our lives, we come here. We come to each other. We sing. And we await the full irrational glory of God in Christ. Amen.